welcome in. This is 300 Yards to Unknown. That right there, that's Eric Patterson. I'm Rick Gaiman, and it's Sony Open Week, EPAT. There has been there has been historically some really good stories around the Sony Open uh, with with some historical stuff. This is the first place I ever saw golf live. I mean, this is this has a really special place in my heart, this event. It's a, yeah, just looking back on it, it's an interesting event. Um, I, I saw them running the Michelle Wee clip. She, mm. she played here in like when she was 14 years old. So there's the Michelle Wee story, um, 2018 with the ballistic missile alert, which was pretty crazy. So we are, uh, we're a few hours into the 2020, 2021 edition. Uh, yeah. Nothing crazy's happened yet. So we got a few days to go. Plenty of time left. Before we jump into that, um, real quick, I have not watched the Tiger doc yet. Uh, I was planning on just having like, I didn't want to watch and then wait a week for part two so i was like okay i'll just wait till both parts are out and just watch them all together have you laid eyes on this yet i've uh i didn't get the media access preview to the full one i'm a little disappointed there but i've seen the part i've seen part one and as you say that i probably should have just watched you know one and two all together but three hours is a lot a lot to sit down for one sitting but um i've seen part one and so far so good what are your so the uh, again i have not seen a second of this i have only seen what people have said on twitter whether it's not nice things not that's what i'm getting at not nice things talking it's it's almost like a hit job against tiger you getting that vibe um so i've read the the book that it's based off of and so like part one of a lot of it is similar. They've missed out some of the stuff from the book obviously you can't condense it all into or i guess you have to condense it all into three hours but um part one was pretty like i wouldn't say it's too uh salacious as uh mark steinberg would put it uh, it's more just outlining his childhood how he was raised like uh, talked a lot about earl and his relationship mm-hmm. with his father his his parents um his like, high school girlfriend so it was more it's not into like the scandalous stuff that um you know tiger's that that downward spiral in 2009 that he went down we haven't touched on it yet so i can't really I'm not going to say it's like a big hit job for him, but so far it's like a really good telling story. And I think everyone should watch it regardless of if you think it's, you know, too, if it's taken too many shots at Tiger, or it's, you know, it obviously is one side of the story. Um, you kind of have to remember that going in. Like this is the people who they have that are talking are the ones who are open and honest about it or are willing to say stuff. So they're obviously on outside of Tiger's now inner circle. There, I, I mean, it, when you look back at this again, so what was that? 2009. So we're like 12 years removed. Um, just, just how shocking that was when all that stuff happened. And, and just like, I can't think of off the top of my head, a similar instance of whether it's athlete or celebrity that was so highly regarded like here, right? Like this is Tiger Woods. He's the greatest to ever play the game. Just had won the U S open on like a broken knee or like a broken leg at at Tory. And then, and then like literally like, um, you know, squeaky clean tiger. And then like this happens, you're like, wait a minute, he's been doing what? Like how, like, this is absolutely craziness and just the whole way it played out so i mean i can't think of another example but now even looking back 12 years later it's like holy crap that was like a big that was like a big story and 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 even still like it almost doesn't even get talked about that much because now he's okay now he's back to playing golf i don't know if all is forgiven like i guess that's a personal uh conversation you have to have with yourself but like it, it the peaks and valleys of this guy's uh career is pretty incredible i'm he's probably the most compelling like that he's like the number one athlete of all time like him michael jordan or like in that realm 
And for him to have this happen to him, uh, I would say during like the prime years of his career, I mean, he was battling some injuries, but I, yeah, like he was at the peak of the mountaintop and just got absolutely, you know, torn down bit by bit, story by story. And 2009, I didn't really appreciate maybe what that was at the time. Like, you're just like, oh, Tiger got in a little bit of trouble. He was uh, maybe <laughs> he wasn't, um, you know, being faithful to his wife. But like you just you see that once in a while. But like it, there was so much more to it. There is so much going on behind the scenes that kind of made Tiger. And the fact that like when he was on the course, like it's just a, it's so different. Like so he's a like a different animal on the course. But then when you hear stories about him away from the course, like he's a very he's a very unique person like uh there's I, I don't know how much you want to talk about part two but i know there's like a, there's a segment where like girls are talking about him eating cereal and watching cartoons like the morning after so like tiger <laughs> like being so almost disconnected from like what reality is like he just wasn't mature it was it's very it's fascinating stuff and yeah like if you, if you haven't seen the the you haven't seen the two-part series read the book or or watch the two-part series then read the book whatever it is like it's um it's a story worth uh knowing about you know you hear a lot about like child actors right who were in the spotlight and rich when they were eight years old or whatever and tiger just like never left the spotlight it was just like, okay, he was famous at a young age. Uh, he was rich at a young age and he just like never, never left the spotlight. Like it, it would not surprise me to learn that he would be like immature or something like that. Right. As I mean, obviously now he's what 40, whatever, but you know what I mean? Like as, as right. all of this, like that would not surprise me at all just because of what we know from, I, I think child actors is like a, a good. It's, yeah. It's a great, like, yeah. Actors, uh, you know, like those young singers, like even, my not my guy but canadian justin bieber's had his <laughs> that's eye. your guy that's your guy yes <laughs> you know he, he all these guys they all they all start yeah, so young in the spotlight when they're 14 and then they're built up and built up and then they make one misstep and yeah they they just grow up too fast and i think that's what happened to tiger and never really never really got there but i mean it's yeah an absolute roller coaster the other thing that was even uh, and, and this is like okay so tiger okay so personally you know he's 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 ripped from the mountaintop we all have a different perception of him but then when he finally starts to get back into golf over the next couple of years he's he's terrible right and i mean he's just like he can't chip he can't do anything and i'm like oh my god like like he's literally lost all his powers the guy cannot do anything now of course he eventually wins the tour championship he eventually eventually wins the zozo eventually wins uh, uh the masters and he got back into the top 10 in the world ranking so like th- you know the 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 v-shaped uh trajectory of his career you know it's going to be like that on paper but i just it's i rarely do i stop and think oh my god the last 18 years for tiger woods have been so insane and he snuck so yeah he had the scandal and then and then the chipping yips that you've talked about where like he couldn't he honestly couldn't get the ball on the green from around the green. He he just honestly sucked at chipping. But in between there, he won the Player of the Year in 2013. I think a lot of people forget that. Like That's he just true, yeah. he won his events. I think he won like Bay Hill Memorial, just like the classic Tiger events. One Player of the Year, and then fell off another cliff. So it was just a yeah a bizarre bizarre stretch. And um, truthfully, that's when I was like going through university and end of high school. So it wasn't like I wasn't glued into golf as much as I was now. So um, looking back, I don't think I can appre- like even like remember what, what that was like. It was just like, yo, Tiger's doing, you know, Tiger's Tiger at that point. We just kind of written, I wrote him off at that point. Um, 
Yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see. Uh, I'll make a dent in the couch. I guess what is it? Sunday night? It's gonna that's the next one. Sunday yeah. night, I think. Okay, so maybe next week I'll sit down and uh, knock them both out, and we can figure out what's going on. Uh, Sony Open Week. There's there's some good stuff here. So the, I did not remember. <laughs> I remember at the time the Robert the Robert Allenby story, but I did like until I read it in your Quick Nine, which uh, I will put the link into the description. Twice a week, Eric Patterson goes and he he compiles nine. What would you call these storylines? topics whatever random assortment of yeah ideas thoughts yeah it's uh which is awesome and i for i forgot about this so i i don't even remember the full details so so correct me if i'm wrong here so this is 2015 sony open robert allenby was this like after did he miss the cut like what he missed day the was cut. This yeah, okay. was friday night okay so friday night he misses the cut it'd be way uh, better if he didn't miss the cut but he, that that's kind of what I was trying to figure out if, if how how good this story was, and apparently uh, he alleges that he was beaten, robbed, and kidnapped, uh, and then his body dumped. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't thrown into a trunk. Yeah, there's like a, a stuffing into a trunk, and yeah, dumped miles away, six and a half miles away. But um, that story doesn't hold up in a lot of places, right? Epat, there are a lot of disputes to this of actually trying to figure out what happened. And there's this great, I shouldn't say great photo, but there's this photo of him with like the scrapes on his face and it looks like a broken nose and all this stuff. Uh, but it really, maybe he just got a little, a little drunk and uh, I don't know, fell over, got into a fight, something like that. Yeah. So, so I guess he was like paying his bill. And then um, I, 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 I would assume that when he was paying his bill, he blacked out and completely forgot about what happened because <laughs> um yeah the stories from that point on are completely different i love how uh allenby uh, clearly a bit of a character um and that later that year the canadian open he fired his caddy during the middle of the round so i don't know this i don't know the full story behind that but he had a a fan come and pick up his bag and, and finish out um but that that same caddy that was fired then came out and said you know that story about allenby at the uh at the Sony Open, definitely wasn't true. It's more likely that he got shit faced drunk and hit his head on a rock, which is what a lot of people um, around the bar, uh, a few of the people were homeless that they've talked to and, and were doing a lot of the kind of retelling of the story. And apparently, he just, yeah, he stumbled out of the bar and, and smashed his face on a rock. So to come up with a story that you got kidnapped, beaten, robbed is uh, pretty elaborate and one that didn't really hold, didn't really hold up too quickly. Like, uh, yeah, it didn't hold hold a lot of weight yeah i mean like if you okay imagine okay put yourself in robert robert allenby's shoes here okay you, you're paying you're paying your tab you black out you don't remember any of this you wake up with this huge thing on your face uh maybe you somehow i don't know you are six and a half miles away i don't know and he's thinking wow the only way i could have gotten into this situation is if i was beaten robbed for being a famous pga tour player that everyone knows when they see at a bar robert allenby everybody knows who i am they kidnapped me and they dumped me six and a half miles away it's the only way i could have wound up with these cuts and scrapes that is quite the yeah, as soon as you come up with that story yeah there are people are going to start looking under rocks and looking for answers because that <laughs> just seems absurd so um yeah the uh that's a good that's a good story and i love the sony open we can just think about 2015 and look back at robert allenby i was surprised that people hadn't heard about this story um someone in your slack channel actually said that was the first time they've heard about it so i was um i didn't truthfully i don't think i did it justice in my uh, quick nine but um there's plenty written about it and a lot uh, more in-depth stories about it that if you really want to go learn uh, about allenby's allenby's night at the wine bar you can get, definitely go do that 
if if 2015 Sony Open wasn't wasn't good enough for you, how about 2018 Sony Open where players and caddies wake up to an alert on their phone, an emergency alert now, EPAD. If you've gotten one of these on your phone before, you know that they are wretchedly loud and obnoxious and like terrifying, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. the, like it, the sound make you jump sound, out of your seat. Exactly. It makes it seem like there is a missile coming right for you, which is um, exactly what this emergency alert said. So here's the here's the full alert. Ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. Holy shit. Could you imagine? Could you? Imagine? I mean, like, obviously, thank goodness. It's this is. Um, what what did we end up finding this out? It was somebody pressed the wrong button and sent this out. It was supposed to be a test or something. I guess so. But even in a test, why wouldn't you put test? Like, <laughs> you wouldn't write this. this like, not a drill. <laughs> yeah, this is not a drill. In the test alert, seems like. Uh, yeah, you're definitely uh, getting a little risky there. So, um. That would be a, quite the when you're trying to prepare for round three. This would not be what you want to wake up to. It's funny that just looking back at some of the people's stories, there's a few people who, who took it extremely serious and were crawling under mattresses or jumping in um, bathtubs with their families, which is very scary to think about. But then Justin Thomas said that he opened the sliding door, watched TV and listened to music because he, he thought if it's my time, it's my time. There's no nothing to stress about if it's going to happen it's going to happen so people reacted a little differently to the uh, 2018 ballistic missile false alarm well i guess depending on i guess i guess depending on uh, not that i'm a missile expert but depending on what type of missile it is i, I guess it doesn't really matter if you're underneath a mattress if you're in the basement of That's whatever what I was thinking. like if it's gonna hit me maybe if it hits far away i i get not an expert never experienced <laughs> it but I don't know how I'd react. I'd probably, I'd probably cr crawl into a bathtub. I'm not going to pretend I'm some not afraid of that. I think I would definitely um, heed this warning and seek immediate shelter in whatever, uh, wh like a basement feels. I don't know, man, because I feel like not I, uh, like thinking about movies, right? If you, if you oh, yeah, movies, they're always and, and like uh, or like okay, so a missile hits and you're underground. Like now, am I am I trapped underground now? Like how do I like that? That kind of terrifies me a little bit. Like I don't know. Basement no, sounds yeah. Terrifying. Basement might be a tough one. Um, I I don't know what I'd do. I'm it's just yeah. I I'd probably run to my parking garage. That seems that seems mm, maybe not. Yeah, well, that's pretty deep. I can fall on your head and like yeah. kill you if, if the blast doesn't. So go to the top of the building. <laughs> what if the building falls down yeah then well then that, that just like jt said it's if it's my time it's my time yeah that's probably right if the building falls down anywhere you're probably screwed so maybe the top would be the best um it's funny my, so my sister used to live right right in waikiki and there was um I don't know if it was her building or if I just read this where, you know, there would be like a yellow line on some of these high rises that would be there for like tsunamis. So it would be like, okay, if a tsunami is coming, like be Holy above, smokes. like could go up, like go to, you know, be above the fifth floor or whatever. This would be out of the range of, you know, whatever height of a tsunami we would normally get or something like that. So there would be like a spot where, yeah, you would want to go up, go to the eighth floor, go to the ninth floor, all that shit, which is kind of crazy to think about too. That is, I never even thought about that. I clearly don't live near um, an ocean or anything of that nature. But yeah, the uh, the old tsunami line—that's a that's a smart thing to do.
What I have found uh, is there are just different ways to die all over the world and all over, like, you know, parts of the country, right? Like when we were in Southern California, uh, the wife and I would be like, oh, okay, like earthquakes. Like now we're super scared about earthquakes. We're super scared about wildfires. Uh, you know, you go other places, it's it's tsunami alerts. It's like if you live in like South Korea, you're worried about missiles all the time like it's just like we have up here in canada snowstorms snowstorms frostbite can get you frostbite (laughs) i don't know if that'll kill you but it could uh you know take a finger off or something a toe there you go uh which you know that's that's just a snowball effect you lose a toe it gets infected the whole thing now you're Ah, okay yeah that's that's the root um masters i guess we should talk about the masters uh has announced that they intend they, they're very very careful with their words as they always are intend to limit attendance in 2021 uh if it can be done safely which is always they're out here so uh let's recklessly guess at what's going to happen here um do we have any idea how many patrons they would allow in on a daily basis i mean the only thing i've read was that they typically allow forty thousand a day does that sound right? Is that too many? That's no, that I think that's the right. number I I saw. So yeah. I I could see anything like eight, five, eight, ten. I don't know. A quarter of the if they if they space them out properly, I think they could do it with ten. You wouldn't you wouldn't jam all ten around the eighteenth green, but if you like scatter them out throughout the property, mark off spots where like you know have capacity limits on certain holes or whatever. I think they could get ten. There's and there's a lot of acreage over there. It's it's yeah. pretty big. There are some courses that are. Uh, a lot tighter and, and holes are right next to each other. That's not necessarily the case at Augusta national. Um, you know, I was, I, I have not heard how this actually ended up panning out, but the bills, the Buffalo bills allowed fans into their playoff game. I guess that was last week. So I think they allowed 6,700 and you had to get a, you had to get a test from their, like whatever their vendor is. And it had to be a negative test within, I don't know, a couple of days before or something like that. Um, I don't, I didn't hear if like, there was issues or outbreaks or anything like that. But I, I wonder if that's what we're going to start seeing in 2021, whether it is um, concert venues, sporting events, whatever, like you're going to pay $79 to get a test and you can only come in if it's a negative test. Now, forgive me for asking, do you guys have like health cards down there or like insurance who, cards or whatever? Who the hell knows what we have, Eric? Um, <laughs> I have no, no idea. So like, like, how would you prove that you got a, if you tested negative? You wouldn't. Like, you, I think up so here I, we could, we could do it like with your health card and we'd have like, uh, like the hospital one I've got tested, the hospital sends you like in a little alert and like you go on and sign in and it's just negative results. So I think you probably have that. I would imagine, yeah, I I guess. I mean, there's, you know, we, I don't think we have like a, uh, like when you say health card, is that like country? It looks like a driver's license. Yeah. I mean, I have like a literally a, a card in my wallet, but it's not like, it's like from my insurance company that has like my insurance number, but I don't think it's being shared. Like, like nobody can like, oh, hey, nationwide or whatever. Like, has, okay, yeah. Has so Rick, it's a little has, different. Has Rick tested negative? I don't. I don't think that's happening. No, no. Ours is like a health. It's like a driver's license with our picture and our like health card. Yeah, it's what we show when we walk into a hospital, and everything else is gravy after that. Must be nice. We uh, <laughs> we we bring our firstborn and our arm and our leg into the hospital because that is what our to get a couple stitches exactly just to get looked at. Um, the so I think that is why the Bills did it where you had to use their third-party lab right so they partner up with some lab and they say okay so now the bills in theory could say okay 
tell us who has tested positive, who has tested negative. If that is attached to your potentially QR code or your digital ticket, uh, that makes a lot more sense, right? But it, if if I, that's why I think it would have to be a centralized testing because otherwise you're trying to aggregate the results of tests from a bunch of different sources. It's it's going to be a huge it's going to be a huge disaster. So that's what I, I think the bills did. I would say that if anyone can pull it off, it will be the Masters. Correct. So they'll figure it out. I see the Phoenix Open uh, waste management is allowing five thousand fewer than five thousand a day come early February. So I don't know if you need a negative test for that. I doubt it. They've been allowing fans in at the Houston Open too, and I don't think you needed a negative test for that either. So um, they'll probably just do like the typical screening stuff and and allow them in. But uh, fans are coming back slowly. It's good to see. They are. I'm starting to miss them. I mean, waste management. I mean, what what they hold the record, right? Like 180, 200,000 in a day. So to go to five, uh, you might not even notice there's anybody out there, quite frankly. And I I assume they're not going to be erecting the full complement of uh, stands and and all that stuff. That's going to be a jarring look for a lot of people. Like, the 16th hole without stands is like almost unrecognizable. They're going to build it and they're just going to put up tarps for... Oh, there's going to be sponsors everywhere. Yeah, it's going to be... Yeah. A, they're going to create like a stadium of sponsorships. Correct. And instead of... Instead of uh, do you think they'll pump of- fan noise in like they do at like NFL games and NBA games now? Honestly... Maybe, uh, and they'll, they'll just have like, they'll just have monitors all over the place with like ads and stuff and like virtual fans. And they'll also have oh virtual. Oh yeah. That's what I imagine. 16. They're not going to just like straight do it. Like when tiger made an ACE there, whatever year that was where there's just no, there's just no stand. Like there's going to be something there. It's a stadium. Yeah. Right. It seems like a big undertaking, but you're right. They will utilize that area to, to sell sponsors and whatnot. So, um, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll get them back here slowly. The, the master's, the Masters definitely needs it. I think like that's if you could tell me I need one one uh, event next year with fans, it would be the Masters. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a little. Um, I've heard it be described as anticlimactic. With well, I guess with the fact it that DJ, in the combination hell. of DJ's runaway victory, but then also uh, the fact that no one was there to witness it is like the the most anticlimactic uh, uh, Masters ever. Which is, I guess. I guess right. Understandable. Most of it, yeah, I think we've touched on this. Most sporting events right now are almost the most like anticlimactic, like NBA finals, World Series. They're all all kind of the same uh same vibe going on at them. Um, all right, what else is going on in the world? No pro no pro no AMs at the Pebble Beach Pro Am. Uh yes, and they're only gonna use two courses. They're gonna use they're gonna use Pebble and they're gonna use what spyglass? Is that what I saw? Spyglass, yeah. And they're doing that only two courses next week at the American Express, too. Oh, so. so just PGA West, and I don't, I don't even remember the no La Quinta, whatever La Quinta, okay. La Quinta is gone. So the other one was the Nicholas course. Nicholas, was, yeah. Okay, so so La Quinta is gone. That's where, um, that's where they filmed the Bachelor, Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelorette. Bachelorette. Yes, that's that resort. Did you watch that season? <laughs> I've I've seen a lot of the last few seasons. Yeah. I saw, I saw basically all of the bachelor. Wow, we're bachelor fans, eh? I mean, not fans. Listen, it, it, okay. The wife has it on. I'm a very good husband. It, some of it, you know, it's fun. It's fun. I can enjoy it a little bit. Uh, but I'm not watching the bachelor season. That's, I'm, I'm. It's too much. They just, they started it right after. They just, you know, it's too much for me. So me and my wife, we do a. There's a there's a site that like prices all the contestants. So we do a little fantasy draft. Oh. 
Yeah. How how are how are your results in that? Are you a good fantasy bachelor? Player? I think I've won the fa- the last few seasons. I think I'm better at the bachelor than I am at picking the guys in the bachelor, and I think that would make sense. I so can- what do you so what are you looking for in like you're looking are you looking for like stability? Like who's not the crazy one here? Who's got like you know who gets the first impression rose? Like, yeah, you need we- those roses. You need yeah. you need crying points. You need a lot of family talk, like talking oh. about like. If you've lost family members, talking about uh, yeah, heart heart heartbreak in the past gets you points. Um, obviously, does. drama. You want if you're if you're the villain of the season, you're going to get some drama points. But yeah, and so I guess it would depend on how you score this because like if it depends how many rounds you go or how long you last, like they always keep the drama around, right? Yeah. Like the producers don't let you send drama home. So like even if you're not going to end up picking that person, like that person's getting to the final whatever. It's like you got to get them through the cut. Like this is like a, it doesn't matter if they, if as long as they get you know to the third or fourth show, they've paid off value. That's like uh, picking a guy in the six k range. You just got to get them to the weekend, and after that, it's crazy. <laughs> just get them to the weekend. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what else? Kevin Kisner said uh, they pay a lot of money for for top twenties. That was a phenomenal quote. Love that quote. I mean, he's right. I mean, Joel Damon mentioned something like that. Uh, I guess it was last year. He was like, if I make a million and a half bucks a year and I never win, like I'm doing great. No one talks about that enough. And I think that's why it stands out when someone like Kevin Kisner says, I can't win at Tory, but I'm still going to show up because they pay me whatever, 50, 60,000 to come 20th. Yeah, exactly right. And and I also think people and I don't don't Go realize ahead. how expensive it is to be a tour pro like okay if you make a million and a half bucks on in in tour earnings if you're joel damon or whatever uh, you're not taking home much i mean much in quotation marks but like there's a lot of it you're not taking home yeah there's that the travel all that pay your caddies pay your other expenses i was gonna say that um this is back-to-back weeks now where the pga tour has had their members kind of speak out against what they uh they value most which is like getting fedex cup points so kisner (laughs) kisner going to say that you know they pay me a lot to finish 20th and then last week adam scott saying there's only a 10 10 to 12 events that actually matter um (laughs) four of those definitely being the majors so uh pga tours taking some taking some shots out of the gate so you're telling me that kisner didn't say they give you a lot of fedex cup points for finishing (laughs) he did not he did not reference the fedex cup points and is why does he play all the time I am very surprised. The PGA Tour has, uh, unfortunately, I guess for most, has made a lot of national news recently. You know, when when golf and national news converges with uh, removing, uh, what is it, Bedminster from uh, from Trump and the PGA Championship in 2022, JT gets caught on a hot mic. Kevin Gisner now says he only, he doesn't mention FedEx Cup points. It's been a rough, it's been a rough week. For yeah, the there. <laughs> I mean, two of the two of those three are different than talking about money. Of course. But yeah, the uh, they're um, twenty twenty one isn't off to the hottest start, I would say for the for the golf world. I thought that they gave the most vanilla statement ever on removing. Uh, tur- uh, I keep I keep wanting to call it Turnberry, but I guess the RNA also kind of mentioned we're not going back to Turnberry in a while. But Trump Bedminster from the twenty twenty two PGA Championship, uh, and they were just like, you know, we we want the folks to be on golf, all that stuff, and like still people on Twitter were losing their minds. And I thought it was, like the most I, what was it? they could have had. Yeah, <laughs> they tried not to create <laughs> ruffle any feathers, and they right. do the exact same thing. Uh, yeah. Grayson Murray comes out and says that he wants to create a. He was asking for the for Trump to to support a. Uh, 
an event opposite the PGA Championship, pump the money, like pump the uh, pump the purse up, and and kind of create a rival event, which is hilarious because Grayson Murray would never, um, you know, get yeah. into the PGA Championship. He's going to boycott a tournament; he'll never get in. Yeah. yeah, he has that week open, so no problem, <laughs> no problem there. He'll play anywhere. He's got that week open. Also, Grayson Murray uh, deleted his Twitter account, so things Did are going. He? Uh, he as of two days ago. I, I mean, can you bring it back if you if you delete it? I don't know. I like I know that he was obviously he gets in hot water uh, from time to time, but it seemed like he was just letting loose late recently on his Twitter account. So I'm surprised um, someone would kind of step up and tell him to delete it. Yeah. So real quick. Yeah. So Grayson Murray looks like he deleted his account. I don't know if he's back, but he's following one person. And he has zero followers. So I don't know what that what that maybe it got suspended. Who knows? It was a good it was a good account to make fun of. <laughs> yeah, there was a, it was a good account. <laughs> it's such a great run. <laughs> this, this account, no controversy at all. This is a guy who really has it all together. Oh, Epat, thank you as always. No problem. That's, Peter that's Peter Malnati is about to wrap up the first round leader. I love that. Do you? I really love it. Yes. I would uh I I won't get my hopes up, but Peter just top 8 would be just that's what you're cheering for eh? I'll all right for sure eric patterson you can find his work on the score you can subscribe to his quick nine which will be linked in the description you can follow him on twitter at epac golf you can follow me at rick run good this has been 300 yards to unknown catch you next time